we're going to begin a series this morning, launching a brand new series called Many Gifts, One Spirit. Many Gifts, One Spirit. We're going to be looking uh, at the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine of them that we find in the book of 1 Corinthians that Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look through those over the next four weeks. And this morning, we're going to kind of build the foundation. We're going to kind of set the, the, the table to get us uh, prepared to move forward in this study as we get ready for this uh, series. I want to begin and set the foundation uh, talking about what this is all about to give us a bit of a, a, a groundwork that we can build the rest as we look at the nine gifts of the Spirit. I wonder, I wonder if the church today has become a little uneducated or a little unaware of the significance of the gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about. Uh, I know that in many conversations that I've had, uh, I've had discussions with boards, with different people and different pastors, and we talk about what is it about the gifts? Why are they not operating the same way in the church? And my first reaction, my first response, my first uh, process to it is that we aren't educated enough. And not that it's all about education, but we don't understand it. Um, I think that there's a generation of people that are saying, I know that they exist, but I don't get them completely. And I don't know if I've ever sat through a service and heard more than one or two pastors ever share about gifts other than tongues, prophecy, and interpretation. I mean, they've mentioned healings, they've mentioned miracles, but you never really hear about the discerning of spirits. You never really hear about the gift of wisdom or the, or the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge. And we want to take time to begin to investigate, to begin to study, to begin to look at these gifts and how they apply to the church today. So that's what I want to get started. I want to give us a, a foundation. And I need a volunteer. And I'm looking at Andre. I need your help. No, not this Andre. This Andre. Come on up here, buddy. I need your help. Do you think you can help me? Come on, give him a big hand. Do you have any safety glasses? Not on you. Okay. Don't try this at home then. Okay, you ready? Anybody have a timer on their phone handy that they can... Jer, thanks. I need you to, to give me... Uh, let me know the time. You, do you know what this is? It's a what? It's a saw. Okay. What brand is it? Stanley. Stanley saw. Okay. It's real. Can you play it? You know, like make music with... Have you ever seen that? That's crazy. Okay. Is this a real 2 by 4 Yes, sir. Sure. Yeah, it is, isn't it? What are you going to do when I say go? You're going to see how long it takes you to cut that. Okay? Are your arms warmed up? Do you want to do some stretches? You think you're good? Okay, here. I'm going to, I'm going to hand this to you. Are you left-handed or right-handed? Okay. Ready. Jerry, are you ready? Give us the time. Come on, you can do it. Let me help you. I know you can do it. I know you can. I know you can. That's it. Come on. There you go. Get, you got to get a rhythm. Once you get a rhythm, it's good. You tired yet? I'm tired watching you. Yeah. Oh. 
Come on, you can do it. I didn't buy it. Don't blame me. It's real, though. I'm telling you. That's it. He's getting there halfway. Come on. Don't quit. You tired yet? Do you need to call a friend? I'm kind of tired. Yeah, watching you, it's making me very tired. Keep going. Everyone's cheering you on. They're here for you. They got your back. They're, they're here. Almost. Keep going, buddy. Yes. He's almost there. Yes. What's the time? 1.30? Okay, 1.30. I bet you I can do it faster than you. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Probably. Let's try this. Ready? Ready? Okay. Ready? I'll be back in a second. Hey, stop pushing down on it. You're cheating. How much time? One minute, 40 seconds. Yeah, right. Thanks, buddy. There's a significance here. I cheated, didn't I? Andre saying, why didn't I get that? Are you tired from, like, manual labor? Yeah, it's tiring. Why did I do that to the poor, the poor guy? Here's what I want to illustrate to you. There are power tools that we have to use. And sometimes we don't use them. Here's what I believe. As we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that God has given us the gifts of the Spirit and they are the power tools for the church. But we don't know them. We don't understand them. We don't know how to use them. See, Paul writes very specifically in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the power tools. In fact, just to give us an idea is Acts chapter 1, which we've heard about on a number of occasions that Jesus told his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about, the promise that he made about the comforter that was going to come, which is the Holy Spirit. He says, John baptized you with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That there's going to be power that's going to come so that you can be my witnesses. Now, there's a personal infilling of the Holy Spirit that allows us to be his witnesses to our community. But then in Act, in 1 Corinthians, Paul begins to write about these nine gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that begin to give us an outline and a detail that there are gifts, there are gifts or power tools for the church. The gifts of the Spirit 
And they are power tools for the church. Sometimes we try to struggle with that manual saw to cut a piece of wood. And, and, and I'm using an illustration here. And God's got power tools that help us to do it instead. And they're for the church. They're for all of us. They're for the church. God has challenged and called us to be His witnesses, to reach the ends of the earth. But He hasn't left us alone. He's given us power tools to be able to do the job. Anybody ever been on the work site before there were power tools? I know I haven't. How difficult was it? And imagine now if you just sat there and saw all these great power tools on the shelf, but you never used them. I was at Timber Mart on Friday, and they had a big truck of power tools for their anniversary celebration. And this truck like opened its door, and it had like 50 power tools on a rack. And I'm going, that's a truck with a lot of stuff and power. But it's one thing to just sit there and look at them. It's another thing to actually understand them and use them. And Paul writes about these gifts, these gifts of the Spirit, which become power tools for the church. And I want to give us this foundation and understanding that these nine gifts are power tools for the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now each one, he's already listed, or sorry, he's about to list the gifts. And he's, he's giving us this understanding of these different gifts. The New King James says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. That these nine gifts that Paul talks about that are gifts of the Spirit, they are for the lifting up, the edification, the, in, uh, the, the growth of the church. They are for profit of all. It's not that you get a gift or operate in a gift, let's say, of healings, for yourself, for you to be uh, elevated or, or for you to walk around like, I am a healer. No, it's so that the prophet of all, so the church is glorified. The church is lifted up. Sorry, the church is, 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 exo- is excited about it and they go, wow, God is moving. It's for the prophet of all or the common good as we read in New NIV. Or NIV, sorry, not New NIV, NIV. So these power tools are given to the church. These gifts are given to the church for the edification of the church so that we can be strengthened, so that we can uh, reach and expand the kingdom. But sometimes we settle for the dull, manual, flimsy saw. When God has power tools for us. Let's look at a few things this morning to help us to navigate through this. Just to give us a bit of an understanding. The spiritual gifts, when Paul writes this, have become a symbol of spiritual power. Causing rivalries amongst the churches. So when Paul's writing this to define them, to give them education, to help them understand... There's this um, idea that if my church, and I'm not using mine, I'm talking in terms of this 
uh, this time period when Paul's writing, if, if my church operated in miracles and prophecy, then we were a better church that didn't operate in any of the gifts. And Paul's saying that's not the case at all. That it's not a about your church is better or who's better or this rivalry. It's about the gifts operating and the growth in, of the kingdom expanding. It's not about your church is better. It's about these power tools that God wants to give to the church through individuals to lift the church up and to expand the kingdom. They're power tools for the church. So this is kind of the beginning stages as Paul begins to write. These are about the gifts. They're for all. They're for good. They're for profit of all. It's not for you because you get this and you're better. No, it's for everybody. And I'm giving you power tools. So let's look at some observations, seven of them, about power tools. I am not an expert on power tools. I own a couple. And then I call people who know them better than I do on how to operate them. I'm sure that somebody who knew how to operate this skill saw or circular saw, right, would be able to do it much better than I could, quicker, faster, more efficient. I'm still learning. But I want to give you seven observations about power tools. The first one is this. They save time and they save energy. I know I was tired watching Andre cut with a manual saw. I don't like using manual tools if I don't have to. We take the kids out Christmas tree hunting every December. I can't find a Christmas tree farm around here for the life of me. So guess where I have to go? The side of the road. But when we were down south, we go to these Christmas farms and they'd have these really great saws. You know the ones that kind of bow around? They're, I think they're, Are they called like a bow saw or something like that? I don't know. They look like it. They have this bow. It's like this bow and you, you climb down on the ground in the snow and you find the tree that you want and you make sure it's all good. And then you have to bend down and you start sawing and you're in your, you're like you're fully loaded because it's freezing cold outside and, and you're sawing away and you're, I'm sweating like crazy and my arms aching and, and then the kids are like, hurry up dad, hurry up dad. I'm like, you don't understand. This is not easy. And then they're, then they're pushing the tree to hold it up so that where I'm cutting, it's kind of bowing back on the blade. I'm like, oh man, if I could just take like a chainsaw out with me. Power tool, done. Away we go. It's it, they save time and they save energy. That's what the thing about power tools. They save time and energy. Human energy that's expanded to operate a handsaw over a long period of time is like crazy painful and it's just exhausting and tiring. But when you fire up the the skill saw, the circular saw, you start cutting things. Everything's quick, saving time, saving energy, and you can do other things with it. The same thing is kind of true in these gifts of the Spirit. I mean, we believe in them. We believe that they function. We believe that they operate. Imagine, uh, imagine how much time is saved when you uh, come to the front and you, you come seeking healing and, and, and the gift of healing pours through and heals you. How much time that saves you, energy that saves you from the trips to the doctors to get medication. I'm not saying they're bad, but I'm just saying, listen, there are power tools that are available to the church that save time and they save energy. They might be noisier, but they get the job done. I mean, those work sites now, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was pretty quiet when the work sites were happening with no power tools. I mean... 
it, when you get power tools going like, like it gets, it gets kind of loud. You got to wear earplugs and then everyone's shouting even louder. Power tools may get noisier. They may get noisier, but they get the do- job done. You know what's actually true too? Have you ever been out front like building something and you're using power tools and half your half the neighbors in the yard around the yards kind of peek their head out going, "What is he doing?" That, when I do, when I ever use power tools or build, they're all going, "Oh boy, what is he doing?" Um, but they they draw a crowd. They're noisier, but they get the job done. They can be loud and distracting, but they get the job done, and they're usually done quicker, smoother, faster, better than normally could be done with conventional tools. Sometimes I would say this, that a message in tongues that's followed by interpretation, and maybe it's really loud, can do more for you in a service than all the singing, all the preaching, because it's God speaking to you. See, these gifts are power tools, and they may get loud, they may get noisy, but they get the job done because God can speak maybe directly to you in that moment, in that situation. So, they get the job done. They may be noisier, but they get the job done. Uh, Number three, uh, caution must be exercised by the user. This is very, very important because when you begin to use power tools, literal power tools, danger levels increase. The the risk of of injury or or danger or harm increases dramatically. The same is true when the gifts of the Spirit are operated in, in the wrong way. They can actually do more harm than good. There have been, over the years, I've spoken to or heard from or talked with individuals who have... Uh, been harmed more because someone operated incorrectly in what they deemed as the gifts of the Spirit, which caused more damage than good. So caution must be exercised with power tools. Caution must be exercised when we use real power tools and we use the power tools for the church, which is the gifts of the Spirit. Here's another one, number four, practice. Practice can make perfect. When we practice when I mean, I've, I've owned this saw, I'm going to be honest now, I've owned this saw for a year, and I've used it six times. So I haven't really had a whole lot of practice. But if I use this every day, oh man, this is heavy. If I use this every day, then I would get really efficient at how to use it. See, practicing with the power tools... The, the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm not saying that you can perfect them because I don't think that that is possible at all because it's God who's moving through you. But as you step out and as you begin to practice what God is laying on your heart, maybe it's a gift, of, uh, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. The first time you do it, it's extremely scary to go, God plants a word of knowledge for someone and you, you feel like God's leading you to share it. But you're a little afraid. As you practice that, as you become obedient and you begin to move and say, Okay, Lord, I'm just going to say it. And you go to that person, you share with them. Just a side note, it's always, remember, lifting up the church. It's not tearing them down. It's always lifting people up. These gifts, they're edifying the body. That as you practice moving and as you practice being obedient and being open, then it becomes a little bit easier to do it the next time. You're never going to perfect it, but practice makes 
perfect. Uh, number, I think this is number five. Mature supervision is required. Mature supervision is required. I would not let my son, at the age he is right now, use some particular power tools. As he grows, I would use them with him and help show him and help watch over him and to teach him. Not that I'm the best person to be teaching him how to use a power tool, but that's besides the point. The picture here is this, that mature supervision is needed when we want to train younger people or younger individuals to use power tools that we have to be willing to supervise them. And as a young person, as you're being supervised, you need to be able to listen and be obedient and be able to follow instructions. Otherwise, you become a lone ranger, which can become very dangerous. Mature supervision is required. We need people to walk alongside you to help you understand how to operate the tool. How to make sure that you're not uh, putting yourself in harm's way or endangering someone else. Another one here. Each tool has a specific application. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. Each one of those gifts of the Spirit has a specific application for the church. And we're going to wrestle through those over the next three weeks. We're not going to dig into them today, but they have a specific application. Much like power tools have specific applications. You need drills for boring holes. You have skill saws for cutting straight pieces of wood. You have circular, or not, you have jigsaws for those curvy moments. You have, what else do you have? Nail guns. Those things. Nail guns. They're loud, but they're powerful. And they're for nailing. I mean, imagine just building a house entirely with a jigsaw. It's not possible. You need specific gifts for specific applications, specific tools for specific applications. These nine gifts are for specific applications. Imagine with me just for a second. If you were in a position where you were needing a, uh, a, a word of, of wisdom to, to navigate through a situation and someone tried to give you the gift of healings. It doesn't really work for that situation. You'll receive it. Absolutely. Heal my body, please. But the, you, it's, it's a different function. There's a different uh, application. Every tool has a specific application. They're not all the same. And the last one, which I think is very, very important, the tool is useless until it is plugged in. The tool is useless until it was plugged in. If I didn't have this cord plugged into this cord, which is plugged into the outlet, it does absolutely nothing. It's useless. The gifts of the Spirit are useless unless we're plugged into the Spirit, which is alive and active. The gifts of the Spirit are useless unless we're plugged in. I mean, the gifts are there, but there's no no individual in which the gift can flow through if we're not connected to. Otherwise, we're doing it on our own. The tools are useless until they're plugged into the living and active source of the Spirit of God. The gifts are not intended to be spooky or mystical, although that's kind of what they've been made up to be. That these gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about, maybe they're not existing today, or maybe they're, they're, they were for a time period, or maybe they're too scary for me. That's not what their intention is, and I hope that we can navigate through that this morning. That these gifts are, in fact, power tools that are given to the church to help the church to grow and to expand the kingdom of God. 
They're designed to be used by regular people just like you and I who are connected to the power source, which is the Holy Spirit. So we don't need to be afraid of them. But in our circles, sometimes we are. And I want to wrestle through some of those things this morning. Paul says, follow the ways of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Especially prophecy. He says these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Why does he say that? He says, because it's for the strengthening, encouraging, and comfort to the church. Eagerly, eagerly be desiring the gifts of the Spirit why? Because they're strengthening, encouraging, and comforting for the church. They help us to expand the kingdom of God. It's God moving through an individual. Expanding the kingdom. So they're not to be scared. You're not to be scared of them. It's for the kingdom. It's not for you. You're willing to be, allow the gift to flow through you to expand the kingdom. So let's talk about two major reasons why the gifts of the Spirit function so little today. Now, there's a whole lot of speculation. There's a whole lot of... We could dig through articles and we could go through all these thought processes and we could really begin to um, have a, a large conversation. But what I would like to suggest is that I think there are two major reasons there are two major reasons. I mean, I think there's a lot of other things that play out, but I think there are two major reasons why they're functioning less or so little today. And the first one is this. There's a lack of knowledge. There's a lack of knowledge around the gifts of the Spirit. I sat with, when I interviewed here, in fact, the, the, the board, we talked a little bit about the gifts of the Spirit and, I, and I, you know why they don't operate maybe in the same regard. And I said, I truly believe that there's a lack of knowledge around the gifts of the Spirit. That we maybe don't understand them. Not that we're ever going to understand them perfectly. But maybe that we don't completely understand or we're afraid of them. So we don't have the knowledge about what they are or how they function or why they exist. So we're afraid to begin to want to or seek to or go, Man, Paul writes about these gifts. And these gifts are so amazing and so incredible. And I think that they would do awesome to edify the church. But I don't understand it. So we have this lack of knowledge. And I hope, and I hope that over the next three weeks, after this week, we can begin to have a base of knowledge about the nine gifts and how they function and how they operate and what they mean for us and the church today. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes this. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I want you to have the knowledge. I want you to be informed. I want you to know and understand them. I don't want you to be uninformed as, I ta- as we talk about them or as they operate or as they move in the church. And I think that here's another maybe challenge to uh, the church across uh, Canada is that we have to say, uh, you know what, if, if we have a gift of the Spirit that is manifest in the church, that we educate about it, that we talk about it. We don't just say, oh, that was a, a word of tongues with interpretation. We begin to talk about how significant that is, that it's God's Spirit moving through an individual to edify us as a body of believers. But we are informed, not uninformed. That we have a lack of knowledge. So there's this reason why we don't uh, see the gifts manifest because there's this lack of knowledge and we're maybe afraid because we don't understand. The nine gifts, here's, here's the segue into where we're going to go just to help us, but the nine gifts are broken into three 
very uh, unique individual uh, compartments or three uh, breaks for three weeks. And here's what they are. Nine divided by three is three. So there's three in each section. They're gifts that reveal something. They're called gifts of revelation. They're gifts that reveal something to us. They reveal something. To the one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge. To another distinguishing between spirits. So there are three gifts that reveal something. There's the word of knowledge. Right here, there's the word of wisdom and there's the discerning of spirits. They reveal something that will be one of the weeks we're going to study to give us knowledge and understanding that there are three gifts that reveal something. There are three gifts that do something. We call them the power gifts or the gifts of power. There are three gifts that do something to another faith by the same spirit one of the things that paul always circles back to is that all of these gifts are given by the same spirit which is the holy spirit they're not given uh, by one spirit here and somebody else here no they're given by the holy spirit another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings and to another uh, by the, by that one spirit and to another miraculous powers we would call these three gifts the gifts of faith the workings of miracles and the gift of healing or the gifts of healing. These are gifts that do something. They do something. Faith, healing, miraculous powers. We're going to digest these uh, week by week. So that we, But I'm wanting to give us some groundwork here. So there's gifts that do something. Sorry, there's, yeah, there's gifts that reveal something. There's gifts that do something. And then the third one is that there are gifts that say something, or we call these the gifts of utterance, or the utterance gifts, depending on how you want to refer to it. But they're gifts that say something. They speak to another prophecy, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. That there are this uh, these gifts of prophecy the gift of speaking in tongues, which is different, and we'll talk about this, but it's different than the gift of tongues that we talk about with the baptism. But this is a gift that's given for the edification of the church, the speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues, which are two important pieces which we'll talk about again in another week. But there are three divisions of gifts, these power tools that God has given to the church. There's the gifts that reveal something, they're the gifts that do something, and they're the gifts that say something. The word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, the word, the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gift of healing, the, spe- the gift of prophecy, the speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. There are nine gifts, nine power tools that God has given to the church so that the church can be edified. So the church can be Edified, And my goal over the next three weeks is to take these three divisions and to help us to understand so that we don't sit and go, I have a lack of knowledge. We have an understanding and we need to go deeper to understand these more and more and more so that we can become aware of them. The first reason, a lack of knowledge. The second reason would be this, the fear of failure. The fear of failure. What if it doesn't work? I've been in this position. What if? What if? 
what if? What if it's just me? What if it's not really God speaking? So we have this fear of failure. What do I have to ask myself this. What am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? I think if I have this fear of failure, it's because I'm trying to own the gift and the result and not God that's doing the work. That's just me. That's just my thinking. 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. It's the same Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. One Spirit. Not not various different spirits. It's the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. It is God at work, not me. I'm just obedient to do what He's asking me to do. So when I have a fear of failure... I'm wondering if I'm not completely trusting God. What if if God was leading me to share a word of knowledge to someone? And I'm afraid that if I share that word, that, that, that it's not true. I just need to be obedient to what God's calling me to share. When I pray for healing, which I believe God heals today, here and now, I believe that He can but I have a fear of failure, that may be me saying, what if it doesn't work? That's, it's the same God at work. It's God at work, not me. All I'm doing is being willing to say, oh, God, I believe that you can bring healing in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. The list of nine gifts, they're all the work of one and the same Spirit. It's God who's doing the work. You're just, He's just moving through you. So what are we, what's our fear of failure? It's not us that fails. Other than we don't believe or we don't trust. So we doubt and are not obedient. But we have this fear of failure and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. That's being God distributes the gifts of the Holy Spirit to each one through an uh, individual who's willing to be used by the Spirit. It can be scary. It can be um, uncomfortable. But it's significant. These are power tools for the church. These are power tools for the church so that we can build His kingdom. Not build anybody individually up, but to build His kingdom. Let's look at some common factors. So we have two reasons why there's this lack of knowledge, fear of failure. God is moving. It's the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit moving through an individual. Lack of knowledge, fear of failure. So what are some common factors about the gifts of the Spirit then? These power tools. What are some common factors? Here's some common factors about the gifts of the Spirit to help us to move into our next few weeks. The first one is this, that all the gifts are supernatural. They are supernatural gifts. They're not natural. If they become natural in any way, they are not gifts of the Spirit. They are supernatural gifts. They're not natural gifts. It's important to understand that. All of the gifts of the Spirit are supernatural. They are not natural. They are supernatural. The gifts of the Spirit often flow in conjunction with each other. 
They often flow in conjunction. Here's an example. The gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation will always work together for the edification of the body. The gift of tongues, what does that mean? when, When somebody, maybe you've been in a service, when somebody speaks out in a word, in a language that you have no idea what it is, and then somebody else will give that interpretation of what's being said. They work together. They have to work together to lift up and to edify the body of Christ. You'll often find the word of knowledge will flow with the gift of healing or the gift of or the words of wisdom. That they often work together in conjunction. Can they flow separately? Yes. But I would say that the gifts of tongue interpretation will be working together in conjunction. All the gifts will, from time to time, overlap with the other gifts of the Spirit to complete the job the Holy Spirit is doing. They'll overlap. They work in conjunction or flow in conjunction with one another. So they are all supernatural they will flow, often flow in conjunction with each other. The gifts of the Spirit were manifested in the Old Testament, except for tongues and interpretation. We can find the other seven gifts manifested in the Old Testament. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits, faith, prophecy, healings and miracles. We can see Seven of the gifts manifested in the Old Testament. We don't see tongues and interpretation, and uh, there's there's some study into that. And, and I mean, we we had the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament that came upon individuals for certain tasks. Now, post Jesus, post promise that the Comforter is coming, that He's with us and, and and fills us continually. So all of the gifts are manifested in the Old Testament, except for tongues and interpretation. We're going to look at that over the next three. Weeks, All of the gifts of the Spirit function by faith or not at all. They function by faith or not at all. All of the gifts of the Spirit will function by faith or not at all. And the last common factor is that the functioning of the gifts is simply God ministering to the church through a yielded vessel. The functioning of the gifts is simply God ministering to the church through a yielded vessel. That God is moving through ordinary, regular person who's willing and who's yielded to the Spirit, plugged into the power source. It's not to be scary or mystical. It's not to be uh, this spooky thing. It's God giving power tools to the church to help them to expand the kingdom of God. Nine gifts, and we're going to look at those. Help us to break down our fear and our lack of knowledge. To see God move and the gifts operate in our midst. To help us to build the kingdom of God. Imagine for just a second as we close. Jericho and the team want to come. Imagine how spooky it would look or how strange or how foreign or how obscure it would look and sound if a pioneer were to walk onto a job site today 
with all the power tools running, whether they're plugged into an outlet or whether they're plugged into a battery supply, how strange and how uh, odd of a, a sense of feeling it would be if they were planted onto a construction site. They wouldn't understand it. It would seem weird. The sights and the sounds, the, the, the saws ripping, the nail guns shooting extremely loud. It would be very foreign to them. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that when you explained it to them, when you showed them how they work, when you showed them how, how, how much different and how much of a difference it can make, that they would embrace it. And these are the power tools that God's given to the church to help us to build the kingdom. The gifts of the Spirit. We're going to wrestle through them. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you this morning. God, I thank you that you have given us these power tools, these gifts to help us to build your kingdom. So God, I pray that you would help us and open our eyes over these next few weeks to begin to understand these nine gifts and how significant they are and how they help the church and how they help us to build and to grow and to expand your kingdom. So Lord, I pray, Father, in closing, God, that you would move in our midst. God, that you would help us to understand. Lord, that you would help build the foundation to begin the process of understanding how these gifts, what they are and how they function and how they operate. To help us to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.